0: Welcome to the Questionably Qualified podcast covering Game of Thrones. I'm here with Ryan
1: Maddock. Hello, John.
0: Hey, buddy. Um, it's good to have just the two of us again, just in terms of uh, managing managing voices.
1: I thought that a four-person podcast worked uh, very well. It was very efficient, and there was no hiccups at all.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. That's that's what I meant to say. Um, but we just wanted to get a little closure on this, this most recent season of Game of Thrones, because... Um, I I feel like it was a good one, as they always have been. I am still probably enjoying it more than the fourth and fifth books. Um, But I think it's good just to discuss where everything was, where it is now, um, and kind of just rehash what happened. Um, So just, just to start things off, I felt that this season was almost strangely uplifting in a way. And I say strangely just because we're... For one thing, we're, we're accustomed to Game of Thrones ripping hearts out literally and figuratively. And uh, for another thing, there were still a lot of pretty brutal deaths, but relatively speaking, it was uplifting. Um, so, so what did you think?
1: I mean, I agree. A lot of the brutal deaths were generally awesome and people that we were happy to see get eaten by dogs. Um, to me... You know, it, it kind of confirms this, like, theory that I've had. The This season covered a bunch of stuff that's going to happen in the sixth book, and the sixth book is all going to take place during winter. I know that winter arrived kind of at the end of this season, um, but pretty much all of the events that took place in this will take place during winter in the books. And a theory that I've had for a while is that um, when winter comes, like, the Starks are going to be the only ones that are prepared, and they're going to start, like, taking the kingdom and, like, murdering back, like... I fully expect the next two seasons of Game of Thrones to be just like, like Arya is going to kill so many goddamn people.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, I think she will. Maybe not quite as gloriously as Frey Pie style, but um, she has a flair for the dramatic. So
1: I'm so glad that they worked that in there. I mean, they took out so many great things from the books to still work in Walder Frey eating his children that I'm I'm really glad. I'm very, very glad.
0: <laughs> Yes, someone at at a douchebaggery level as high as his, um, it definitely it feels satisfying to see that happen. Um, okay, so, so let's go back real quick in the Wayback Machine, and discuss where things were, um, coming into the season, uh, because it it didn't seem like it was that transformative just in terms of, you know, five weeks passed between season five and t- or uh, episode five and ten alone. Um, but then you go back to episode two, and it's like, oh my god, I totally forgot that happened and changed everything. Um, so when we started at the Wall, um, Jon Snow was bleeding to death, uh, Ghost was, uh, just kind of hanging out after helping Sam and Gilly fend off attackers, and Davos and Melisandre are still there after Stannis has lost his battle, um it's safe to say things have changed in the North. And I think they've changed the better. One of the most triumphant moments of the the season to me was seeing the Stark banners roll down uh, over Winterfell once again.
1: That was truly an awesome moment. I mean, (laughs) we'll let up to it and I'm sure we'll discuss it at some point. And the whole Sansa, you know, kind of sacrificing like 3000 people for a dramatic entrance. Um, was weird, but um, that kind of ending with Ramsey getting, you know, eaten alive by his dogs and the Trek retaking Winterfell. I mean, that's just a great moment. I fully expect that we'll see it in the books. Um, it's just something that's been built up to, and I think that it's kind of symbolic of, of honestly, what I think we're going to see for the next two seasons of the show.
0: Yeah, I agree. That was that was pretty great. Um, okay, so one of the questions that I asked in our in our primer for the season was. Uh, How will Jon Snow survive, and how Jon Snow will he be? Um, I think most people I talked to felt pretty confident it would be Melisandre. um, And that ended up being the case. Uh, As far as the second part of that question, I don't think that they've shown anything that would indicate that he's feeling the barrack like effects of resurrection. Um, Do you think that he's losing... Do you think that that, that one death and resurrection, um, you know, may have caused any loss of himself in any way?
1: The only thing that you could maybe say about this season, Jon Snow is that he's broodier than previous seasons, which, uh, so no, um, <laughs> <Right. laughs> he has not lost any part of himself. Um, he, he continues to brood an awful lot. And when he's not brooding, he is murdering things with his sword. Um, as is par for the course for Jon Snow.
0: Yeah, he is really damn good at that thing. Um, especially the last couple episodes there are some pretty impressive.
1: He, he's also immune to horses um, running yes. over him, which yes. we learned.
0: Yeah, he's, he's feeling himself, man. He's got the gods on his side, whichever gods they may be.
1: That was a very cool scene, I will say. And it looked pretty, and I think that made it easier to ignore the fact that he just stood up to a goddamn cavalry charge by himself.
0: Yes, exactly. It was it was good looking enough that I didn't mind. Um, okay, uh, so the other one of the other questions I had for that area was, um, what does the Night's Watch do now? Um, so at that point, they've let the wildlings south of the Wall. Um, Jon Snow is dead. What's what are they going to do next? Because as far as they're concerned, they they know that the White Walkers are real. They need to prepare for that. Um, and I. Guess what we saw them do next was nothing.
1: I mean, Jon Snow has the north now, right? Like, he has every right. house in the north. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that question is going to become kind of immaterial. I think that the White Walkers attack the wall very quickly in the show, and I think that Jon Snow's up at the wall.
0: So, are you surprised at all that the Knights Watch didn't do much this season?
1: Um, no, I don't think that's the way it's going to work out in the books. I feel like it was uh, getting people in the right place at the right time, kind of thing. Um, I think that in the books, the night the White Walkers will attack earlier than they didn't, than they will ultimately in the show. But um, no, I, I'm not that surprised. But you're right; they didn't do anything.
0: Okay, yeah. I think one of the reasons that I was asking that question is I I sort of thought that the timing would be a little sooner with the White Walkers' arrival. Um, which we can cover a little later. Um, but yeah, so they didn't really have to do much since they didn't have any enemies to fight north of the wall, and uh, and the Jon Snow bit was resolved fairly quickly. Um, and then I asked, when and how will the White Walkers attack? So I think we can skip that one safely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Soon. And I mean, no, no, the, the, there is the question of how they'll get through the wall, though. Yes, that question
0: um, still exists.
1: You you fall into the camp that you think that the brand on brand's arm is going to ultimately get them through the wall.
0: Yes. Uh, I, I do think that, um, this goes back to actually something that I, I said in the primer, which is that I, I think that magic has to have a role to play. Um, to me, the, the idea that the horn of Yariman could destroy the wall is more symbolic than it is literal. Um, and I think that what they mean is that it either, undoes the magic in it, and then you're able to cross in another way. Um, we've seen the White Walkers struggle with the the wards that, uh, that the Three-Eyed Raven had set up, and that got abolished very quickly by by Bran's Brand's brand. Um, and I just don't know how else they're going to do it. Uh, do you have any ideas
1: about that? I don't have any ideas about how they're going to do it precisely. Here's what I do have an idea about, and the show may the show may just be doing this and it's just one of those things we're going to have to deal with like Sansa's not telling Jon Snow that the army's coming mm-hmm. um, so Bloodraven knew and by Bloodraven the guy in the tree right. um, if you've read all the crazy books like Jon and I have then you know <laughs> um, <laughs> Bloodraven knew that that brand would compromise his stronghold and so Bran had to flee yes and Brand has been what's and Brand like, like when he realized that he started to basically give all of his knowledge to Brand, right? Like that's yeah. what he was doing, He's downloading was it just like major imparting style, knowledge to Brand. Yeah. Wouldn't he know then that the wall, like if it would fuck up the wall, and wouldn't then Brand know? Like that seems like a really big fuck up on their part.
0: Yeah, I would certainly think that he would. Uh, the only explanation I would have is that maybe he's being dumb and or overwhelmed by the other things that are being in his, that are in his head now that weren't before.
1: You see where I'm coming from though, right? <laughs> I do. Yes.
0: No, I totally understand your point. Um, and I think when we get closer to next season, when we do our predictions pod, um, we can dig into this a little bit more and talk about what we, th- what, what are the alternatives?
1: Yeah. I don't have a better idea right? for how Bran, for how he, or for how they get through the wall. And if I had to like, if it was like you know a multiple choice test and it was like pick one right now, I'd pick your answer. I still don't think it has a better than, I still just can't think it has a better than fifty percent chance of happening though, just because like it would just be such a – it would just be such a ridiculous kind of like plot hole thing to happen, but you know it would be. They've done they've done that multiple times in order to kind of make the books and the shows line up though, so right.
0: yeah, they might enough. do it.
1: True enough.
0: Um, okay, so let's go south of the wall just a little bit. We'll talk about the north. Um, we left off there. Sansa and Theon had just escaped. Um, Brienne and Pod were nearby, and that's pretty much it.
1: So Stannis is dead.
0: Yes, Stannis is dead. Dead.
1: Like for sure, murdered. Yeah.
0: Okay. Which I didn't know was can really. I wasn't positive on that
1: before. Okay, we, we we've talked about it before that. You know, in this site and on this podcast and on kind of all the things we want people to kind of take accountability, I was fucking wrong as hell about that one. (laughs) (laughs) I did not think there was a chance that Sanus was dead, but I was wrong as hell about that one. He is dead as fuck.
0: I mean, I remember watching that and I just thought, they, they show beheadings all the time. Why wouldn't they just show her cut off his head?
1: And if you're a book reader, don't you just kind of feel like Stannis still has some other part to play?
0: I certainly did. I certainly but did.
1: nope, he is just dead. Guessing it's going to be funny because in in the beginning of book six, there's going to be this big battle on the ice, and we're all kind of like ready for Stannis to win, and he's going to get fucking slaughtered in that book. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're right. In
0: I, I thought that there was going to be some sort of intervention that would uh, help his army out. Yeah. Um,
1: no, yeah. it, what will probably happen is Daniel probably win in Marine, and we'll all be uplifted, and then we'll read that chapter. and Then everything will be terrible again because George R. R. Martin hates us.
0: Yes, that's a good theory. I like that one. Um, okay, so speaking of being wrong about things, uh, I had the question: Where will Sansa go? Um, I chose the options of the city that's nearest, uh, the knights, the the Wall to where John was. But my theory was that she and Theon would end up escaping by boat because boats travel faster than horses. And there is a river that happens to lead from very near Winterfell to White Harbor.
1: The fucking Manderleys. Where
0: the Manderleys are.
1: (laughs) The fucking Manderleys. I agreed with that theory because the Manderleys, specifically Wyman Manderley, delivers the greatest part of the entire book five. Yes. Where he... If you have read it, like... Reading all five of the books is worth it for, like, the three pages that Wyman Manderly does, like, in the last third of book five, um, where basically he, like, gives the speech about how awesome the Starks are and how they're going to, like, murder all the Boltons. So I was completely with you, but... Um, the Manderleys are... They're just nothing in the show. They're they're awful, and it makes I'm so mad about it.
0: Yeah, I, it, it is a bummer. I'm, I'm I'm still bummed out about that. Um, I I should have I should not have given either the Boltons or the show as much credit as I did in terms of watching Likely Roadways because the fact that they were able to get to the wall, which is her clearly most logical destination. Um, without being caught by anyone, was a little upsetting. Um,
1: but anyway, the, 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 that's like the thirtieth least ridiculous teleportation that's happened. in the Yes, show. very true. Very still true. obscene. <laughs> I agree with you. But
0: yeah, I think and maybe maybe Ramsey Bolton just really doesn't care about
1: having outriders around his his lands. He. You know he doesn't believe in chain mail, and he's impervious to axes. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you can you can give him some concessions for maybe not thinking things through when the to. <laughs> he's impervious to. I,
1: we don't need to relitigate that scene, but <laughs> he's that was so bad.
0: Yeah. Um, so another thing that I was very wrong about, and we uh, can discuss, is I asked, "Do the Boltons have any allies in the North?" Um, and my take was that they don't have many. Because they've been nothing but terrible to the Starks and historically to other houses as well. Um, you don't win a lot of friends by flaying your enemies.
1: But apparently the the umber like air is loyal to them. It just what they did with the whole secondary northern houses in this season, if you know it would be the worst thing that I, it would be the worst part of the season if Doran didn't exist. Yes um yeah they We'd like it, it ultimately doesn't matter and the season was really good despite it but it was just super unnecessary and super contradictory to the entire story
0: yeah I just didn't get that they had the car Starks and the umbers um the car Starks you can sort of see um just because of what rob did but- you're right
1: you're right and and they are with the Karstarks are with the Boltons in the books, and it yes. does kind of and it does kind of that story logically fits. But the Umbers, right? The fucking Umbers,
0: yeah. And and like we like we said in our pre, in our um, reflection on that, there were so many moments in that battle where I thought the Umbers would turn, and
1: <laughs> nope. Oh my god, I really thought we were going to be vindicated. Yep. When yep. he ordered the shields up, yes, and they surrounded. I thought they were going to flip around, and I was like, "This is when it's going to happen." Yes. And then, then it didn't. Denied. Because, you know.
0: um, and then I also asked, where have the Ironborn been? Uh, we kind of knew that in the books, um, just because they were ahead of it, but I thought it was a good question for show people, um, because we hadn't seen a whole lot of them. Um, and when they came back in the show, they didn't waste much time. I mean, we got, got to the um, Euron murdering Balin real quickly.
1: Oh, wow. Um, I'm thinking about how far we got in the Ironborn. We we got from Euron murdering Balin or mm-hmm. Balon, all the way to Asha and Theon making an allegiance with and uh, alliance with Danny.
0: Yes, yeah. In terms of uh, in terms of plot plot line, I think that the Greyjoys have probably traveled the longest thread in this season.
1: Yeah, they went from stagnant to super fa- I mean, to super fast, really quick. I mean, mm-hmm. we can talk about. <laughs> Their, their uh, parliamentary procedure all we won, which was interesting, <laughs> and sure their was. propensity to drown leaders and then hope that they don't die, um, yeah. risky, risky play. But more than anything, I think we've talked about this. Didn't you find the fact that Asha, you know, in the or Yara in the book Asha, um, and Theon made an allegiance with Danny. To me, that was almost the most surprising thing that happened in the season just because I'm not sure what that lines up to in the books at all. Like I I did not see that coming and I'm just like not – it kind of came out of left field, you know?
0: Yes, I think that that's um, probably one of the hardest connections to draw uh, if you're just connecting the dots between where we left off in the books and where we are in the show now. Um, I wouldn't have guessed it.
1: I'm, I'm interested – I mean I really want to read the sixth book. I mean I've wanted to for a while. But yeah. I, I mean obviously she has to ignite with or um, ally with a military – or with a naval power because she has to get to Westeros. Like clearly that right. happened at the end of the season. That's going to happen in the books. Like of course it is. Right. Um, I bet she lands by the end of book six. Um, but it's not going to be Theon and – no, and Asha, um, so like, but I don't know who fill like I don't know who logically can fill that role in the books. It, it's super interesting, and it kind of like leads to like a bunch of different, you know, kind of potential futures.
0: It does. Uh, the only the only thing, thought I could have is that maybe they're rolling uh, Asha and Victorian into the same character now, and Victorian will eventually turn on Euron. Um, but Victorian oh. struck me as more of a Euron character in the book than a Asha character. So.
1: But. We don't have to get into that. There is kind of the underlying thing that like Euron may have like sexually abused Victarion right. as a child. We
0: know that they're not really.
1: cool. They don't like each other, so that's actually an interesting theory that Asha could be Victarion. That Victarion ends up with Danny, and then Euron comes kind of separately. Right.
0: So it's like, well, why do I need you anymore, Euron?
1: Yeah, um, that's, good, that's actually an interesting point. Uh,
0: okay, so uh, let's travel a little further south. We'll go to King's Landing. Um, Cersei, uh, at this point, had just returned to the Red Keep. Marjorie and Loras were still prisoners of the High Sparrow. Um, Littlefinger was planning to send his army from the Vale to Winterfell. And the High Sparrow has basically made everyone upset with him. Um, the, the, one of the questions I had was, how is Cersei going to prioritize her beefs? because at this point she had beefs with just about everyone, the Tyrells, the High Sparrow, um, pretty much everyone. Uh, The Martells, for what happened with Marcello's poisoning. Um, And I think she prioritized them by losing her marbles.
1: That sounds about right. I mean, did she even prioritize? I mean, she just burned everyone to death. Yes, (laughs)
0: she sort of tried to convince the Queen of Thorns to help get Tommen and Marjorie back. Um, that didn't work, and then she nuked it. Yes. Cool.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, that's that. (laughs) That that, that's it, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, She seemed to give up on being upset about Marjorie pretty quick, or not Marjorie, Marcella pretty quick. So. I don't know what's going on with her beef with Dorne. Um,
1: she, she got over Tommen pretty quick too, because she got, she is queen question mark. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Like she is like, sure. you Congratulations.
0: She sits that throne.
1: She, yep. That for sure.
0: Yep. Um, okay. So I had a lot of theories about interesting ways she might play that, but didn't have that one in there. Um, <laughs> Where are the Tyrells, and what condition are they in? Uh, turns out Loras is in bad condition. And Marjorie was in okay condition, but then went into very bad condition. Um, and they don't seem to be important anymore, so I'll skip past that.
1: Um, the, and... No, I think the Tyrells, like the Dornish, I think that they morph into various people in Dan... I think that we may see the Queen of Thorns again. Because I think that the Dornish and the Martells kind of just morph into Danny's army, okay, and they'll kind of just bury the Dornish forever. Because God damn, they fucked that up. Yeah. Um. But I, the, the Queen of Thorns, they did super well. I can see the Queen of Thorns. You know, like having a couple generally scheming scenes before. Yeah, she is it's awesome.
0: She is awesome. She would make a valuable add to uh, Danny's small council too. I think.
1: Yeah, but I do agree that like generally the Martells are like. You
0: know. I, don't, I don't think Danny's going to have much use for the Sand Snakes.
1: No, the, the, the Sand Snakes are done. They, <laughs> they must they must go away. Um, Agreed. If there's anything the show fucked up.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's them, for sure. Um, so, I also asked what was Littlefinger's next move. Uh, we had it right that he was going north. But then we didn't quite realize that he was going to get turned away and then have to come back. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's much more to say there. I, I'm curious as to what Littlefinger's next move is again now, just because it's always interesting what exactly Littlefinger is thinking. Um, but I, is he turning into Sansa's little bitch? Does he want to be Sansa? <laughs> I think
1: that, I think he's trying to convince Sansa to go against John. Like, I firmly believe, and I've told you this how many times, like Littlefinger, or Sansa's going to kill Littlefinger.
0: Yes. I know. I know that you've been proposing that. I would love it. Um, the only thing that makes me hesitant is George's general hatred for poetic justice.
1: But I'm not. I'm not going to get into the symbolism of um, Robert, uh, Aaron, and his castle in yeah. um, in the snow. But you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, yes. I think Sansa kills Littlefinger.
0: And I and do you, like the idea. And you think.
1: And you think that George R. Martin doesn't. George R. R. Martin likes weird poetic justice. Like, she'll kill Littlefinger at a weird spot. That's fair. But, like, Littlefinger may lead her to betray John at some point. I don't think those are mutually exclusive at all.
0: Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Um, But, yeah, like, I I do think that he's going to be trying to work independently with Sansa from John's actions. Because John's actions are pretty clear-cut at this point. He's going north of the Wall. Um,
1: Well, he's king of the north.
0: Right. Um, Okay, uh, so let's touch on Dorne where uh, we can discuss how wrong I was about many things.
1: Uh, (laughs) Do we have to talk about Doran?
0: I thought it was important. When we left off, Doran had just pardoned the Sand Snakes, um, and then Ilaria had just poisoned Marcella,
1: And then he let the Sand Snakes stab his bodyguard in the back.
0: Correct. Oh, Um... God. (laughs) I was Sorry. correct that I thought that there would be a declaration of war between Dorne and the Iron Throne.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you got... Sure, take credit for that one.
0: <laughs> and I, I mean, will take a little credit for saying... I, I was asking, does Dorne have any allies? And I ended it by saying they do have a history with female rulers from across the Narrow Sea.
1: That's true. You did say that. So I will give you... I mean, Dorne's just Danny's They're, they're just yeah. part... You know they're just a part of Danny's army now. Um, I was with you. I thought that they were gonna do something that would make Dorn better, but God, they did not this season. It it just like solidified it. And like some sort of inside baseball here. I went to Sintra this summer because like my coworker got married in Portugal, and it was like, it's like a gorgeous country, and everyone should go. And that's like where they filmed the Dorn scenes because they have like. Actual Moorish castles like fucking everywhere in Portugal. That's pretty cool. It's Europe and they just have castles everywhere. Um, I like it. it like, looking at that, I, I got, like, madder about the Doran part. I was like, this place looks so cool. Like, how, like why couldn't you just make this good? Yeah. Like, like Doran should have been so much better in the season. They
0: really made it bad, too. Uh... And I
1: loved it in the books, didn't you? And Arya Hoach yeah. is such a cool character, and I really wanted to see him in a fight scene against someone, like, justified. Like, yep. he took down a weak, like, like, not great member of the Kingsguard, but a member of the Kingsguard, which means, like, you know, right. a not great member of the Kingsguard is, like, a utility infielder in baseball. Like yeah. they're still pretty fucking good at baseball. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yes. Yeah. And with no trouble. Um, he,
1: he Yeah. He killed him it, in like one swing.
0: Yeah. Um, and so coming off my, my good prediction about the Alliance with Danny, I'll go ahead and, and mention my prediction about what happens to Tristane, Ellaria and the Sand Snakes, uh, which was that Tristane would end up being a hostage to the Lannisters. Um, oh. and Ilaria would end up being caught and executed.
1: So you missed on those. <laughs> um, they're good calls. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from when you make the calls. Um, Tristane, I'm going to let you slide on that one because we went with the not really existing um, was kind of how the show dealt with Tristane. You know, I know he was in it, but like he didn't really exist. No, um, he was like, "Oh, that's yeah, a person." Um, those are good predictions, but yeah, you' not even close. Yeah,
0: swinging a miss on those ones. <laughs> um, so we'll cover we'll cover Essos real quickly. Um, Danny had just left the city. Uh, the other dragons were still locked up under the city. Jorah and Dario were on their, uh, their friend-zone, bone-zone journey to find their, their mutual love interest. And Arya had just become blind. Weird to think that that was just then. but um, So uh, the first question I had was, what does the Kolisar want with Danny? And my idea was that it, it would be really valuable if she could persuade them to join her. And I thought that maybe Drogon would be helpful in making that happen.
1: Well, I, I have the exact same one, and to be honest, I think that you and I get that get that idea from the book, and I think that is that is how it's going to happen in the books. Um, but the show, you know, they extended out, it, it. It was a great ultimate conclusion to it, but I do ultimately think that in the books, what's going to happen is that Drogan's just going to set Calpono on fire. Yeah. Um, but I, the show extended the, like three episodes building up to it where Danny was just walking through the desert were kind of drawn out and frustrating but and I I really thought what ultimately was gonna happen was drogan was gonna rescue her but I will give the show credit for I think that they deviated from the books and then kind of for that one episode where Danny did just like rain havoc like it, it was it was a good deviation like they did it was. very well there like it, it was. was awesome
0: that was a great scene um, yeah yeah it, it, was it was
1: all worth it you yep. know, I agree. And it's not how it's going to happen in the books, but uh, ultimately like really good work there.
0: Right. I agree. I agree entirely. Um, and I talked a little bit about the dragon riders. Uh, so the question that I had was, was Danny's flight on Drogon on a tease or are her dragons becoming instruments of war? Um, so during this, I, I brought up something that we'll talk about on a deeper dive, uh, which is who else is going to ride a dragon. Um, but what we saw at the end of that season is that she may not need other dragon riders as badly as I had thought. Um, she had all three of those dragons attacking that ship in concert.
1: I think that there's unquestionably going to be three dragon riders. I don't know if they're necessarily going to be aligned with, um, Danny, like entirely. Um, I mean, when you think about the princess and the queen, kind of a, a short story about the, the first dance with dragons, which was like a war between dragons. Mm-hmm. And you think about the story of Rhaegar's invasion, um, or sorry, um, Aegon's invasion. Yes. Um, there, like there's just every dragon has a dragon rider. Like, I don't know. I, it, 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 there's just been so much built up about it. I just don't necessarily, I see what you're saying where like they did all really set that one ship on fire. Um, <laughs> Think like they really set a single ship on fire? Um, I see what you're talking about, but I, I there's just been so much built up about Dragon Riders. I think we're gonna get three.
0: Okay, I like that. I like that idea. Um, and then the last question I had for for Essos was: Is Arya's blindness punishment, training, or both? Uh, and I I'm kind of comfortable saying it was both.
1: I think it was more pure training. Like I think that, um. I think that the house of black and white, you know, kind of the, the, the faceless men, I think that they knew what they were doing with Arya the whole time.
0: So like do you I, think, this was the conclusion I had for that one. Do you think that she would have been struck blind at some point in her training, even if she hadn't strayed from her objectives?
1: Um, I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm, I'm going to say Yes.
0: I think that's fair. I mean, I mean, the the ability to fight, uh, you know, kind of sharpen those other senses is a valuable thing. And assassins move in a very dark world, generally speaking. Um, I know this from my time uh, that I spent that as an assassin.
1: Basically, what I think is, no matter what they would have found, you know, it's one of those things where, like, they're going to find something to punish you for. Like, I, I, I gotcha. think that that's just part of training part of the training and like that's proven by the number of montages that we had.
0: There were some great montages in there. Yeah. Um, Okay. Excellent. So that's, that's a nice little recap of where things uh, stood before we started Um, a little bit of visibility into how right and wrong I can be Um, and, and get some good uh, little catch up on where we are now. Um, So let's move into the next phase here. This will be a little bit quicker. Um, What would you say some of your biggest disappointments were this season.
1: I mean, my biggest disappointment was the North, and more specifically, the lesser houses of the North. I mean, the fact that the Umbers and the Manderleys didn't do anything—that I mean—that's my disappointment. Um, it's super frustrating. I think in the books, they're—I go- think in the books they're going to do something. I was really kind of looking for like kind of a cool revolt moment, and it just never came.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's a good one. I had that in my list, uh, especially because the umber the umber wound was pretty fresh. Um, uh, as far as the northern things go, I'm also a little disappointed in the Dire Wolves activity. Um, having having been rereading these books, the Dire Wolves are really, really badass, and not only did shaggy dog get himself killed and not only did summer jump into a pile of whites fairly ineffectively um, but ghost just kind of ghosted on us
1: yeah he wasn't anywhere
0: no not not involved at all and uh yeah like I said uh, we've been doing our reread i just reread the first book uh even even the very young gray wind is causing some serious havoc in uh in the battle of the whispering wood and I, I thought that maybe that would be a useful thing but um, but my biggest disappointment I think would have to be, uh, Doran Martell and Ario Hota.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. That, that's actually the right answer to the question.
0: Not only because I had high hopes for Doran, but because that, that was a, just a disappointing performance from those two
1: in that scene. <laughs> Ario I mean, we've talked about, and we should do this. We, I think we do need to do the bracket of like the, the, the 64 team bracket mm-hmm. for best fighter in Westeros. Yep. Arya Hota's probably, what, a two-seed? One-seed? Yeah, he's a two- or three-seed, I would say. Yeah, he's not a one-seed, but he's a two- or three-seed, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: possibly a one-seed
1: living. He's a living one-seed, but not an overall one-seed. But he got stabbed by someone that he knew was opposed to his interests. Like, in the like, what the fuck?
0: Correct. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, to, by by someone who just exchanged a wildly suspicious look with her mother.
1: <laughs> yes, and just poisoned someone.
0: Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. His his he was a pretty big disappointment. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Let's let's talk about uh. You know, happier thoughts. Uh. Pleasant surprises. What would you say? Uh. Some of your your best pleasant surprises were uh. For this season.
1: I'm happy that Arya got back to Westeros and slit Walder Frey's throat. Um, that was awesome. I didn't think that was going to start happening quite yet, but it did.
0: I, I agree. I liked that one a lot. I wasn't convinced that she would make it back to Westeros either. Um, and I certainly didn't... I, I didn't really think that she'd do anything if she did get back to Westeros this season. Um, and as sad as it is that the Manderlys ended up sucking... Uh, at least they didn't cut that part out, and giving it to Arya is pretty satisfying too. Um, okay, and then, but I'll I'll bring up a, a a separate one since I don't want to take the same one as you. Um, I was really really surprised, not entirely surprised because I think Sansa's been trending in that direction, but pleasantly surprised with just how actionable action Sansa was. She was she was making moves. She was um, you know pushing John to make decisions she held back a little information that I still don't quite understand, but at least she's like, she's full on action mode now.
1: I mean, not to kind of let too much, too much go, but I mean, I have her as my MVP for the season kind of Mm -hmm. in our later segment. I do. I have her as my MVP for the season. It's the first season where she has autonomy finally. And Mm -hmm. she starts fucking making moves at just a super high level. Like she already, she exerts control over Littlefinger. Like, like she's playing Littlefinger right now she, the shit she did to Bolton's awesome. Yes. I mean, she plays John a little bit. I mean, she is just scheming her face off right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess I was just thinking maybe it would take a little longer for her to ramp up, but, man, she was fantastic. So that would be uh, my pick if it weren't for the unanimous best surprise of the season, which is the Brienne and Tormund romance. <laughs>
1: That is incredible. I mean, that facial expression that oh, Torrance gave Brand—it's um, <laughs> the best. It, it must continue. That yes. storyline must continue.
0: Yes, that would be the the most crushing thing in Game of Thrones to date. If that if that fizzled out. Um. Okay. Uh. So yeah, let's go ahead and jump to jump to what you were talking about, which is um the awards. We're going to hand out some awards for the season. Um. So let's go ahead and start with MVP. Um, it's the one that you know. Everybody probably, most people probably have an MVP for the season. Most people probably don't have some of these other awards. Um, so your MVP is Sansa for the season.
1: It's Sansa. It's her. It's her first season where she really exercised any autonomy, and in it, she killed Ramsey Bolton. She won the North for John. She reunited with John. I mean, she fucking got Littlefinger under her finger, you know. I can continue to have these kind of these sound like buzzword like pamphlet kind of headers, <laughs> but um, but no, it was it was the first season that she really had control of her own destiny, and she just dominated.
0: I think that's a great choice. That's a great choice. Um, mine is in the same family. I chose Jon Snow. Um,
1: it's be, hard to argue with him for any award.
0: Yeah, I mean, coming back coming back from the dead, uh, yeah. strong strong start. That's a good um,
1: point. It's a good and, starting place for anything.
0: Yep, and then, uh, and then his performance in uh, in the Battle of the Bastards was uh, was pretty amazing. I mean, I, I rewatched that one for for drinking game count purposes, and he was just slaying left and right.
1: But Sansa, my MVP was like, hey, by the way, Ramsay's gonna do something really fucking irritating to piss you off and make you want to like charge and get out of your defensive position and john's like no i'm good bro and then Ramsey did that and john just like ran at him and it's Sansa true. was like are you all fucking kidding me
0: it's true he didn't he didn't flash uh <laughs> a whole lot of intellect
1: it's a good thing that i that i didn't tell you about all these nights that i have on the way
0: yeah <laughs> oh by the way i know that you were asking me where we might find more men
1: for the non-book readers, Sansa's with those knights in the book, so that's how they're going to get reunited. So, like, that had to happen. Yeah. And, like, Jon Snow couldn't know about it. <laughs> so, like, that's why it's that stupid. Right. Um, it wasn't their fault. Right.
0: Um, and and um, just as the wrap-up point for Jon Snow's, is uh, that scene where he catches Ramsay's arrows on the shield that's and pretty awesome. goes to town is fantastic. Um, and, and to your point, when, when Sansa get, comes in and gives him that nod, that's pretty great, too. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so, next, let's go with the least valuable player.
1: Um, you give... Uh, I can start with mine. Mine's Wyman Manderly. I hate the yeah. Manderleys in the show. They're supposed to be so cool. In the books, they're awesome. He has this great scene where he gives this really cool speech, and they just aren't anything in the show. So, I hate them. Um, Wyman Manderly.
0: That's a good choice. I think especially uh, if, if we were to use a metric that's, um, you know, similar to war, like wins above book, you know, our WAB stat, um, Wyman Mandley would have a, a, a negative WAB uh, by quite a bit.
1: The most negative WAB.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, mine was related to my earlier talk, which is Ariel Hota, um, just demonstrating yeah, no value right whatsoever.
1: It. Yeah, that's a good argument. Yeah. <laughs> Because of the whole getting stabbed in the back by your enemy thing.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. When you're a bodyguard, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Most improved.
1: Well, we have to agree. It's Jon Snow, right? Like, we have to agree on this.
0: Yeah, going from dead to alive.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a party wants to say Danny because she got a fleet of ships and she got 40,000, um, you know, Dothraki, a part of you want to say Sansa because she's like positioned herself to like kind of lead the north, but ultimately like Jon Snow went from dead to alive. Yeah. yeah. So it's over.
0: Hard to argue with that. Okay, that's a pretty easy one. How about your least improved character?
1: My least <laughs> improved character. Um I went with the entirety of Dorne. Okay. <laughs> As an entire continent.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Because I hate it so much. <laughs> I like that choice. Um, because... I don't know. It's almost... Like, this season was almost like the showrunners recognizing, like, Okay, so we fucked up Dorne, so we're just gonna kill off anyone that matters, and then and then, we just won't show them anymore, and they'll just be part of Danny's army. Is that cool with everybody?
0: <laughs> right. Good. Sounds great.
1: Um, and it's hard to argue with that because they had broken it so much, but at the same time, like, God damn.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, so for my least improved, I'm going to go with Littlefinger. Um, not necessarily because he himself, uh, became worse at what he does well. Uh, but just, I think that his situation has gotten considerably worse. Uh, Cersei is still in power in King's Landing, which when she learns of what's going on in the North, she's not going to be happy with him. Um, Sansa, who he was using as his tool to get to the throne, is all of a sudden not too thrilled with the idea of being a tool. I think that he's uh, he's slipping from his uh, his very quickly built uh, high perch in terms of power.
1: I mean, you know where I think Littlefinger's story ends. I think right. Sansa murders him. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, winners here, and Littlefinger is in a Stark, and right. that's. And, like, in its own way, like, that's, like, one of the things that Littlefinger has been fighting by trying to grab all this power is that he's wanted to be a Stark, but he is not Stark. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that now the winner's here. Like, I I, I don't think Littlefinger survives Book 6. Excellent. I like that. Uh, Okay,
0: offensive player of the year.
1: Danny. Ooh,
0: that's a good one.
1: I mean, the dragons, the... I, like, I know it was easy, but she burned down the Dosh, Khaleen... Swayed
0: um, the entire Dothraki horde to Yeah, cause. like,
1: added 40,000 Dothraki screamers to her... Or, like, more than 40,000, like 50,000, 60,000 Dothraki screamers to her um, army. Got a boat, got, like, destroyed, like, a fleet, like, took over the fleet. Like, it, it, it's... it's Danny.
0: That's a good call. Um, I kind of wish I could change my answer now. Uh, but for the so sake of answer? variety, uh, I chose Cersei.
1: Okay, um, no, I get that. She, I mean, she was pretty fucking offensive.
0: She managed to destroy pretty much every enemy she had in uh, in one move there. Uh,
1: you know what's funny?
0: <laughs> what's that?
1: I almost named her as the l- most, as the best defensive player of the year.
0: Oh, interesting. That because is the interesting.
1: Because de- the best defense is a good offense, and she encapsulated that perfectly. That's when true. When to defend herself, she burned an entire goddamn church.
0: She was, she was on her heels. She was backpedaling, and then... Uh... Yeah, went on the offensive and just removed the need for defense.
1: Then she just set her city on fire.
0: Yep, good good call. I like that. Um,
1: so that's that's your defensive player. Well, my I actually went with the mountain. Ooh, okay. Defe- for defending Cersei's honor.
0: Yeah, when uh, when the the sparrows come to to demand that she show up to uh, the Sept.
1: And defending Tommen from going to get murdered until Tommen jumped out of the window.
0: Right. Yeah. Good move. Just. Didn't anticipate the next one. No. Uh, my my defensive player of the year is a pretty easy call. Uh, I chose Hodor. Uh, yep.
1: Holding that yep. door strong, strong. That was. Um. I picked that for my lowest moment of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Was let's go ahead yours? and get to
0: that because that was a really low moment.
1: That one. That one hurt, right? It did. It did. That
0: in conjunction with the summer bit, in conjunction with just how hopeless it seemed. Uh, that was probably the most emotional low I felt. Um, but the lowest moment I, I chose in terms of, of show-ness would be every scene with the High Sparrow and the septa <laughs>
1: Really didn't enjoy that part.
0: I Every time that someone was sitting in that room and he came to talk to them, uh, it was incredibly boring. It did nothing to advance any plot. And I think that it reached Nader when he started asking Marjorie about her sex life with Tommen.
1: She, she, he did order her to have sex with Tommen. Yeah. That did happen.
0: Every time they went there, I would just let out an audible like, uh, <laughs> gotta sit through this again. Get to hear some more people reading parables. So exciting. Mm. Um, okay, so what did you choose as your best moment of the year?
1: Um, I picked Arya killing uh, Walter Frey.
0: Great choice.
1: Great it choice. was just an awesome moment. She's back in Westeros. She's got her skills, and she's just going to start wreaking havoc. Like winter has come, and the Starks have come for you.
0: Yeah, I think that's an excellent choice. Um, my my choice was uh, Lyanna nut checking the uh, terrible houses of the North in the uh, the final scene there, where they announce John the King in the North. Um, when she when she drops her girl balls on the table and uh, reminds everyone that they sat out the last battle
1: that was pretty cool um <laughs> i'm a big fan of <laughs> of the uh, Mormont mormon house after this last season like that was incredible yeah yeah
0: i agree more of that i don't know 13 year old girl because she is she is killing it
1: yeah she just and the look that she gave uh, ramsey bolton before the battle like just just miraculous
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I think that does it, buddy. Um, I think we did a good job getting getting some good closure on this season. And uh, I'm excited to get into a little more detail with um, our prediction stuff coming up. Um, we won't be posting it. I might post it soon, but we'll, we'll, we'll revisit it in a, uh, in advance of next season because that's when it'll be a little more relevant and get people prepped up for, for Season 7.
1: Um, is there anything
0: else you wanted to cover?
1: No, I mean, I think that's it. I mean, we're... Um... You know, the season's wrapping up. I think that people should look out for our uh, 64-person, maybe 32-person kind of tournament Best Fighters in Westeros thing or Best Fighters in the Game of Thrones universe thing. But uh, we're we're, going to put that together, and then that'll be out soon enough.
0: Excellent. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for jumping on tonight, Uh, and uh, we'll go back to reading the books again because we're terrible dorks.
1: (laughs) Have a good one, my friend.
0: All right, later, man.